Hey guys, I'm Megan. And I'm Dana. And welcome back to Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister, Campfire Edition. Namaste! Your birthday is in two days. Yeah, when this comes out, it'll be my last day 32. And my era 33 shall begin. And I don't know. I never really thought that there would be something that we would experience in a way that would make no sense whatsoever. But here we are. I always felt that, like, by your 30s, you'd have, like, everything figured out. Or, like, I don't know. Or, like, it, yeah. I feel... I feel like, and I mean, I do have like some things, I guess, but it's like, I feel like 30s seem so adult and everyone I know who is in their 30s, like I feel more grounded, I guess, but it's like, reminded of that Baz Luhrmann song. It's like, didn't know what they want to be when they grew up type thing. Oh, for sure. Like, I still feel that way. I feel like nobody really, even people that are way older, they, you talk to them and you ask them. Like, how old do you feel or do you feel your age? And they say, no, I still feel like I'm not. I'm not. I still feel like I'm 18. Yeah. What age are you? I feel like I'm in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah, I don't feel my age at all. At all. And I feel like it's just, like they say, age is just a number. It is. It's very odd. Because like, there's certain things that, like, besides that number, also, there's certain things in your body that, like, change and grow. That, yeah, for sure. I've definitely noticed changes in my body the past, I want to say, like, two years have been, like, a marked difference. Like, right. I'm like oh, I, I noticed an ache there. Oh, yeah. I noticed a little pain here. Like, Whereas in my 20s, I was like, how are people always feeling, like, all of these little aches and pains here and there and, you know, everywhere? Yeah. And I... Like, you can tell when it's going to rain because you ache here, ache there type thing, you know? Right. It's like, oh, going to rain. Sure. And it's, yeah, definitely. And I mean. I do know. I do know when it's going to rain. You do know because of your accident bone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, we didn't grow up, like, celebrating birthdays, but I'm celebrating this one. I'm going to a tea shop for brunch on Wednesday. I got my garden box and I'm seeing a show, so. That's so exciting. Um, You said, what did you say, Dana, just now? Aches and pains, garden box, tea shop. Tea shop. That sounds like fun. I wanted to ask you a question. Oh, man, I wanted to make up a bunch of questions to ask you. Dang it. Go ahead. No, yeah, I will. I wanted to ask you, what did I want to freaking ask you? I'm so disappointed right now. Give me a second to think. What are you eating? SpaghettiOs? I'm eating Abish chili. Oh. <laughs> chili. Okay. I was very surprised that you'd be eating spaghetti. No, not spaghetti. No. I don't like spaghetti. They taste like metal. Oh my God, you're right. I used to down them as a child. <laughs> really? I used to- Abby used to down them as a child in case you couldn't hear. I, I'm surprised you heard that so well. I, I can't see that though. I'd always want them, especially the ones with the meatballs in them. 
I remember the question, the first question I was going to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. What was your first birthday? I can't remember. Was it the year before last that you celebrated? My first birthday was in 19. (laughs) No, I think it was 2020. But like subvertingly celebrating and made a cake. I was watching. I have a picture of it actually. I don't have a Did you feel guilty? No. Okay. She just made a cake for me, and then I'm trying to think. Of uh, I'm trying to look for it real quick. Hold on. And then let's see. I think it was 2020. Oh, sweet baby. Sorry, I see toothless babies here. Yeah. Abby made this. Abby made this cake May 9th. Oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> I made that cake for me. That was my 30th birthday. Oh, okay. That's a special yeah. one. So that was that one. And then it was the first like official like made a cake. It just happens to be around your birthday. Oh, I made oh. it. So I had that beautiful cake that reminded me of the Sleeping Beauty cake. It was melting. I don't remember. Oh, yes, I do remember it. But yeah. With all the layers. So I was watching my old nanny kids. Thank you. Yeah. So you're still new to the birthday, the birthday crew. Yeah, my third year, third birthday. I think Abby's first birthday, I gave her a like first birthday crown. Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah. Abby, what, what age was your third birthday? Third. First. Was it 26? It was the same year as 2020. Guys, if you could see the background, <laughs> it looks like Abby has a ghost hanging from her nose. Poor thing has a nosebleed. Oh, yeah. Abby's, I think, first birthday was also 2020. I was 26. I'm sure you're 26. I think. Let me see. I guess if I ever did all that stuff. I'll show you her crown if I can find it. She's little plate a bunch of balloons, like a balloon arch, basement, and everything. Oh, yeah. So that's the balloon arch I made. Very nice. And then she had a surprise dinner at her boss's house. Oh, And then... That's nice. I'm trying to find... The crown. Where is the crown? Here it is. Oh my god, Abby, you look so cute there. The guess is my favorite. How are you doing? You doing good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Really excited it's the weekend. I had a good and fast week. And this weekend, I don't really have too much planned. I have to come up with a a meal idea for tomorrow, meeting up with some people, and I need to bring a dish. Oh, what kind of dish are you bringing? Still don't know. I still have to come up with the the meal. No, but like appetizer, side. No idea. I can run some ideas by you. That's my favorite thing to do. I'd love that. It was my first week solo with my new job, but I survived. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. was. Abby is was right again. Monsters were just trees. Good. And yeah. Did the kids ask for Abby, like where she was? They, they, she's at school. She has a new school she's going to. So that's what they okay. know. She came by yesterday earlier. So she got to play with them for a bit. And they were very excited to see her. And the eldest was like, will you come back another day? Like, I think like that, but it wasn't. I was like, yeah, definitely come back the other day. But occasionally the babies would be like, when I'd wake them up from naps, like get them naps, 
like normally they would do. They say, Babby, Babby, like because they want to know where everyone is. Yeah, yeah. Babby's in school. Yeah, that's so funny that they wake up from a nap like everybody else. Like, what century am I living in? Where is this person? What? They're like Babby, and they ask for their their older sibling. And I'm like, oh, Babby's at school, and your sister is elsewhere, like, or actually, or anything like that. But that's been their routine, though, even before Abby left. They'd be like, they wake up and be like, Babby, older sister. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're XYZ. So not much has changed in that aspect. And they've been good. They they still like, they'll see my phone and my background is my dog, Ferris. And they're like, doggy, doggy, Babby, Babby. They're like, do you want to FaceTime Abby? Do you want to like see pictures of Abby? And they've asked for like pictures of Abby or to FaceTime Abby, which I make happen. So thanks. Thank you. So uh, this week is campfire edition. Do you have a bunch of spooky sleepover stories? That was Dana's choice for the week. I do. So like, yeah, after your first time listening, thank you. Welcome. I love you. As Megan said, it's a campfire episode, which is different from our regular episodes. Because in these episodes that release the first Sunday of every month, we choose a singular topic and Megan and I find stories that correlate with said topic. Or I should say... I find stories and Megan follows her heart song to wherever it wants to take her that correlate with it. And this month is my birthday month, campfire month. So I thought, why not make it memorable and connect both birthdays and scares? And I finally chose the area where they intersect, which is like sleepovers. You know, there's so many things that correlate. Like sleepovers are like where Bloody Marys come out to play, where... Lies of Feathers, Sip as a Board come out to play, Ouija Boards come out to play, all that stuff like that. And honestly, a lot of our, like, fun, scary stories of our own come from sleepovers and camp out with our friends growing up. Like, do you remember, I think we talked about it recently, Sister Act, uh, there was a time when we were watching a documentary, very young, about aliens and UFOs. And it was talking about how the aliens or UFOs would mess with electronics and things like that would be broken and not working. And we got scared. And we were with, I think, Rachel and Amanda, our childhood friends and neighbors. And they, we were like, oh, let's watch Sister Act instead on VHS. I don't know if we one owned it or we got it from like Blockbuster. We owned it. I loved it. It was one of his favorite movies. Great movie. And we put it in the VCR TV combo we had. So for those of you who might be too young or either don't remember the TVs that came with the VCR built in, these little small boxy ones, and I started to play, but all of a sudden it just stopped. The whole TV like blacked out and Sister Act was like just stuck in there. It wouldn't come out. The TV, I think, would work, but like we were terrified. We were like, oh no, it's the aliens, which probably was just like a eating the t- tape or something like that. But to our young brain, it was factual evidence of that. It was. It was spooky. I also remember another time we were camping in a man Rachel's backyard. I think they had a camper, like a pop up camper tent thing. And we were staying there. Then all of a sudden, we're t- probably telling scary stories or other like supernatural, like X file type stuff. And they're back. Well, hold on one second, because you forgot a, an important part earlier in the day. 
I'm pretty sure Peggy had brought a, a Ouija board keychain or something that she had found or gotten. And we were like, get that out of here. And we were like really creeped out by it. To the, to the VCR one? Maybe it wasn't Peggy. I can't remember who it was. But it was somebody with this like little Ouija board keychain. Maybe we found it. I don't know. But it was back there by the camper. Okay. So we're the camper. And the way their backyard was, it was a very, very dense trees and very like lush landscape type thing so like it was like i remember their mom would like collect people's like raked leaves from like this thing and like put it on the ground like just fill the backyard with like the leaves it's like a trail type thing and all of a sudden we're in the camper and we see these orange cone lights come towards us and i'm like what the hell is that and we are freaking out and like frozen in fear. And it turns out it was our mother coming to check on us. And the only flashlight she could find was flashlights that dad had had like a fix for like traffic direction things that like one of a uh, one of a get together type thing. And so we're in the backyard, the deep, dense darkness, probably talking about like terrifying UFOs when these orange lights appear like streaking through. As mommy, deaf mommy comes coming up like, Lariana, you guys okay? And I don't know what happened. That scarred in my brain. That's so funny. Do you have it? And then, I mean, like, even like my sleepwalking at, at your sleepover with Amanda and I came under and I was like, Megan, you only have seven masks. You have to come under. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to come down. And I was so confused as to what you were trying to say and creeped out because I knew that she wasn't in her right mind. It scared me. You locked the door. I did. Rightly so. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think those are the, like, the full like sleepover stories that say in my mind because we were we didn't really we didn't dabble with things that or no-nos type things that that, that trade a little too far paranormal. Yeah, our no. our topic was like aliens, which is enough for me. But so I think that was my scare. That was like the, the quote unquote scariest sleepover stories that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and then like one time when Abby and I were in the basement of the old house and we were I think, having a sleepover there and all of a sudden I heard a noise and I said Abba did you hear that and she's like no and I'm like no no there's definitely something I heard I heard a noise and then I hear like this metal and I said no no alright and then I heard the noise and then I heard the door upstairs open and I said hello did I say hello so you heard the door to the basement open. Yeah, the door to the basement open. And you said, Abby. And I said, I don't think I can do this. Yeah, I said, Abby. Because <laughs> I don't think I can do this. And I was like, what is happening? And then it was the youngest child of that nanny family who came there. It was like. In tears. But like came down so silently. Just hear like her little footsteps thumps. on the stairs. Thumps, thumps, thumps. And then peek around the corner. Doesn't talk. Like, hello. Me. I was like, oh my God. And for some reason, sometimes kids are even scarier. Yeah. 
kids, babies, like young kids and old people are the cutest things, the scariest things. There's like no intro, you know. It's true. Uh, but, you know, that's that's my two cents. That was mainly like more like two dollars of yes. things. But Megan, do you want to share your first scary sleepover story that you collected? Sure. So the first story I have, of course, involves something that we just spoke about, the Ouija board. Oh, God. But this is a sleepover story, and it goes like this. My friend and I once played around with the Ouija board in high school. We had tried it before without any notable results. Usually, we did it to scare each other. We all believed it had to be a joke. Only six of us were home that evening, and we were gathered around the board as a group. One of us, one of us wished to give it a try. She said she had never before carried it out, and it was exciting for her. Some of the words on the board were consistently misspelled in the same way. It provided responses that appeared historically relevant to our town. Forwarding fast to the best part, the spirit claimed to be a small boy who had perished on the property in the 80s and had also been buried there in an unmarked grave. Ooh. The board had never been... Sorry. I just saw something in the background. And my re- and the reflection of there's a computer in front of me, and in the background, I saw something black past my window. It's my cat. It's <laughs> outside. I'm like, oh, no, demon. <laughs> Not a demon. You're never too old to be afraid of demon. Yeah. Hold on. I'm negating my composure. Okay. He perished. The board had spelled things. He buried a Mark Graves. I found it. Okay. The board had never been so specific and consistent. So we were all a little alarmed. We were all, however, still doubtful and believed that one of us was attempting to frighten the others. My friend pleaded with the spirit to do something to demonstrate his presence to us. Why? After going to yes, it spelled out the word knock. The planchette then came to a stop. We were all just gazing at it in silence when we heard a knock on the window directly next to us. There was nobody outside despite the lights being on. It is an automatic sensor light. We didn't use the board ever again. I hope they closed it out. No wonder you're putting your cat behind you at the window. You can see her? No. No, no wonder you were afraid. It's a knock knock at the window. Right? Okay. So that was I'm trying to think. One, I don't think it ever play a Ouija board. Two, I don't think it ever plead for it to be like, let me know. And also three, I'm like, I could tell if we were younger, you would be the one, or you or one of our other friends, the older ones would be the ones to make something up to scare me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It just seems right. Yes, it just seems right. I did the right thing. So I actually have like really long ones this time, but my first one is short. So okay. I'm going to start with that one. It says, Japanese family. My grandpa used to sing traditional Japanese songs whenever he felt like it, be it 4 a.m., be it 3 p.m. He was sick and couldn't get up from bed by himself. 
Well, when I was a kid, he died. The night after his death, we were at his house to sleep over. My parents moved from states, so we stayed at the house to visit normally. So we were there for the funeral, too. It was almost midnight, and everybody heard a man singing songs. A traditional song, really low. If you went to his room and the door, you put your ear next to it and listen. It got louder. However, as soon as someone opened the door, the song stopped. I think someone said it kept happening after we left, but as soon as it completed 49 days from its death, it was over. Bonus. 49 days from his death? Sorry. Yeah, it stopped. Okay. Bonus. We have those family temples at home where you put food, alcohol, and cigarettes for the dead if they liked it as a tribute. You can consume the food after removing it respectfully from the temple. Well, the food is the same we have for lunch, but it seems blander. The cigarette has no taste, said the smoker from the family, and the alcohol doesn't seem to get you drunk. I guess it would show up on a test, but you don't feel it. It's like it's been used. Like they used it. Oh. So it's like the, the cigarette doesn't have the same, like, quote unquote, cigarette taste. Because you can use it, I guess, after. the same way. Yeah, sorry. That's what came to mind was a song. Oh. Um, so that was my first one. It was a sleepover adjacent for the first days. I was like, well, that's sleepover in the words, so. Yeah, no, that counts. I definitely say that counts. And I, it was scary. Yeah. I liked how they, like you said, the, the cigarette and everything, even though it was still there, the contents of it were like the, the strengths of it, I guess you could say, was dissip- had dissipated. Yeah, it was used. Interesting. In a spiritual sense. Interesting. In Testorante. In Testorante. So the next one I have is a camping sleeping, no, a camping sleepover. Perfect. Sorry. My mother and I currently reside in West Oregon. She is very outdoorsy. So when I went to see her over the summer, we decided to drive the hour to the coast from her city. We were the only campers at this free campsite at the Forest Hill, which is a sizable foothill of the coastal mountains and can be reached by a car in about 25 minutes. We decided to unwind for the rest of the day as soon as we arrived at our destination. In the middle of the night, I heard my mother gasp and was startled to see her sitting up straight in the tent. She put her hand over her mouth as soon as she realized I was awake. Over, I think, over her daughter's mouth. Because I was about to ask what was wrong. We suddenly heard footsteps right next to our tent while it was completely silent. The small flap over the zipper was also moving. Then we saw a silhouette, a few of them. We knew they were not human because they started to make growling noises like animals. We heard the leaves rustling and the branches twitch and break as they crawled around our camp. What are they? A few silhouettes looked like humans, but they growled like animals. My mom told me to keep my voice down as I panicked. Finally, the footsteps stopped. We had a hard time sleeping back in our tent, but managed to. Then suddenly, I woke up to someone humming, and I looked at my mom. She was sleeping peacefully beside me. Humming in the woods? To my horror, against the fireplace, 
I could see a female figure standing facing our tent. She stood there for a solid five to ten minutes, just looking at our tent. Like, then, oh my, my, is it like a screen? Because you see out? Or is it like, it's like one of those, like, the screens you, you can see? Does it open the screen part? It doesn't say. So I, in my mind, I see like a silhouette again, just standing in front of the fire. You know, because you can see like the lighting. Yeah, but why is her fire going if they're sleeping? That's dangerous. Continue on. Sorry. <laughs> All right. She was sleeping peacefully beside me. Nope, that's the, no, the part. But okay, the mom was sleeping, the fireplace. She stood there. The woman stood there for like five to ten minutes. Then I heard her softly laughing in her deep, creepy voice. My goosebumps raised and I shook my mom to wake her up. I told her what I saw outside the tent, and my mom opened the tent to check. Nothing was harmed or lost. The woman disappeared into thin air without making any noise. How was that even possible? Then the next day, without any hesitation, we packed our bags and left the forest. One of the forest rangers told us that the forest had someone called the Guardian, and many have experienced her presence there. What got me was the humming and her laugh in the middle of the night. Right? I was like, guardian, my eye. I know. A guardian is supposed to protect, not creep the hell out of somebody. Right? One, I don't think I would have fallen asleep after the first coming at me with the tent. I'm like, hey, guess what? We're going to leave the tent here. We're going to go to the car, and we're going to leave and come back to the tent in the morning. I don't even care if I'm sleeping in my I don't think I could leave the tent, though. I would be awake, but I would not be able to leave the tent. Like, You're physically, right. I think I'd be frozen. No. I think I'd probably, I'm trying to think. I think I'd be like, I have to pee. I have to pee. And then I'd be like, well, pee in a bowl. Pee somewhere in the tent. Yeah. But no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think I'd want to leave, but I don't think my body could physically leave. Right. Ooh. I think that's the thing. I want to camp so bad. And I think I'm, I'm going to camp this, like, soon. Surprise, Abby. We're going to go camping soon. <laughs> but then I hear stories like this, and I'm like, okay. That's a little less inviting. But then I'll have Sarah with us, who will probably work on anything he hears. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. But... True. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Blah, shaking it off. This story takes place in 2017. It isn't a very eventful story as far as paranormal encounters go, but I personally find those to be the most believable. This person said, I actually created this account just to share this and have it all written down. My then best friend, I'll call her Lex, and I were having a sleepover at my dad's house. I was 16 at the time, her being 17. We often had sleepovers on Fridays where we'd eat junk food, watch as much Netflix as possible, and have deep conversations, which is like the quintessential chef's kiss, what I look for in a sleepover. This night was no different and so unremarkable that I'd forgotten everything we did. That is, of course, until we were trying to fall asleep in my bed. I remember being completely exhausted, slowly but surely drifting off despite sharing a bed with someone. I was just on the brink of sleep when Lex got my attention. First, she simply asked if I was awake. I grunted in a response, signaling for her to continue. It should be said that I was quite literally a minute or two away from unconsciousness, so I didn't pick up 
on her tone of voice or think much of it when of what she said next. I'm going to use the bathroom downstairs, she told me, getting off the bed. This wasn't normal, her announcing that she would be slipping away to use the restroom. But I was too out of out of it to be annoyed or curious. Like, it's like if you normally, you go, you go to the bathroom, you're used to it. Yeah, you don't announce it to everybody. Yeah, not long after she left, probably no more than 10 seconds, it started happening. Again, I was on the precipice of sleep. So my mind wasn't racing with thoughts or in any state to freak myself out. Nevertheless, I began, I became filled with the feeling of impending danger out of absolutely nowhere. I was becoming very lucid very quickly as dread and anxiety overwhelmed me. I had never felt this kind of acute fear before, nor seemingly out of nowhere. Now, wide awake. I opened my eyes and stared at the wall less than a foot away from my face as I slept facing away from the bedroom door. My heart raced as I tried to understand the situation, but I didn't move. Something told me that moving would be a very bad idea. My room was pitch black as well, so that didn't help matters. All I could think about was how scared I was and how I hoped Lex would return soon. I can guess... But a few minutes passed like this when suddenly the bed dips on the side I'm not occupying, as if something was getting on it. Problem was, not only did Lex struggle to get on my bed due to its height, but my bedroom door had never opened. <laughs> At this point, I'm petrified and only became more afraid as I felt something against the back of my body. It felt like a person just gently pressed against me. I thought to myself hysterically that there was no way this was actually happening. I held my breath to better eyes at the ceiling, horrified to feel the presence move as if it was breathing. In and out, pressed against me, in and out. The atmosphere is still suffocating in the room, filled with what I could only describe as evilness. The aura of whatever was touching me screamed danger, don't move, I will hurt you. My mind and heart are racing to try to think of a way out of this. The only balm I have to lessen my anxiety is the fact that I know Lex will eventually return. But what happens then? She wouldn't see what was ever pressed against me when she entered the bedroom, making sure she wasn't disturbing my sleep. So I told myself, once I heard the door open, I would address her and ask her to turn the lights on. After what I would come to find out was about a half an hour, Lex finally did return. The second I heard the door open and the light flooded into the bedroom, I called her name. She hesitated, her soft voice saying, I requested bluntly, turn on the light. She did as I asked, and I shot like a bullet from my previous position, whipping around to inspect the area I felt the presence. There was nothing. I wouldn't notice right away, but after I realized that the horrifying aura that was plaguing my bedroom had vanished once Lex arrived. It was gone just as suddenly as it appeared. Still, I was in a state of horror for the next few hours. We watched some cartoons together and decided to sleep with the lights on, but not before talking about what just happened. Lex revealed to me that the reason she had gone downstairs wasn't to use the restroom, but to call her boyfriend for emotional support. She told me that she felt panicked, wanting to leave the room to escape from the stifling feeling. She couldn't get a hold of him, and for the next 30 seconds, I'm sorry, 
30 minutes or so trying to calm herself down. And then morning, Lex and I would confide in my dad, the only other person in the house. He was rightly disturbed and told us that he had a nightmare that night. I can't remember what his nightmare consisted of, only that it was a really bad one. My dad is a veteran, and so he's not easily spooked, but it left him uneasy. The fact that my dad had nightmare at all made this whole experience more notable to me. To wrap things up, I want to say that I had improperly used a spirit board a few years before this with a few friends at my dad's house. We were children, so we didn't take it any more seriously than another Halloween game. Nothing of this magnitude occurred before, though, just this one night. Lex and I were able to acquire holy water from one of the teachers at our high school after she, after she told him the story. We used it to clean my be- bedroom. Nothing strange has happened to me or my dad since. Well, two things. Mm-hmm. One, I'm surprised that they only had this one instance. And it makes me curious as to why they only had this one instance. Why that night? Was there something brought into the house that evening that was taken out the next day? What was yeah. so, you know, special about that evening? I don't know. And then two, it reminds me of my former husband had an experience when he was a child sleeping in his bed and he heard something come into the room. So he turned around and looked and he saw like a little person that was a skeleton, like a little skeleton person but very small and it was walking towards him and he got very scared. So as a kid, what's the, you know, the most protection that you have is your blanket. So he covered his body covered his head and tried to stay safe that way. But he felt the bed compress and something climb up there next to him. Oh, but before that, the most important thing as this thing was walking towards him, he had stuffed animals on the bed and he started throwing it at it on the floor, like just trying to like, yeah, in defense. And then finally he puts the blankets over his head and he tries to go to sleep or tries to stay safe. I doubt he was going to sleep and he feels the compression on the bed and whatever it is lay next to him. And then the next day he wakes up and he's like, was that a bad dream? But then he turns and looks and he sees all the toys that he had thrown at it on the floor in the same spot. So what was that? I don't know, but that's creepy. Oh, yeah. So creepy. I forgot about that story. I remember I'm yeah. him telling us that story. And Me being conjured like, it up. No. Yeah, there you go. Memories. The little conjurer memories. All right. Ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. So the next one I have is called The Boy With No Eyes. Oh, awesome. The next thing I have is Dana's thing. One night when I was 10, I was woken up by my bedroom door opening, followed by someone sitting on my bed. I felt my leg grazed and the bed sink under a person's weight. It's just mom, I thought, and I opened my eyes. It was not my mom. I found an eyeless boy. He had black, empty sockets, about my age, sitting on the foot of my bed. He extended his hand, and in it was a little box. I was startled, but reached out. He pulled back. I reached again and said, give it. Then I blinked, and when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But I could still see the imprint where he'd sat on my bed. 
Fast forward five years. My girlfriend came over to do homework. After she finished, she took a nap. See, this one's a sleepover adjacent. She took a nap, so I figured that was... Took a nap. Someone was sleeping over at your place. (laughs) While she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up at the corner where the wall meets the ceiling. She pointed there and went back to sleep. I shook her again. She came to full consciousness, and I explained what she'd done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there, in a Spider-Man pose, staring at me. I freaked out, and I told her my story about the same thing that happened to him as a kid. Fast forward another five years. I was the same. I was with the same girlfriend, and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' home in my old room. My daughter started waking up at the same time every night, and she'd talk. After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost and looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversation continued until we got our own place later that year. No. It's third generation ghost haunting. I know. I'm wondering how old the home was. If Yeah. And like happened in their home previously. Little boy's there and he's like, Hi, I'll watch you all sleep. Mm-hmm. And talk to a little girl. I know. But if I were the little girl, I, I would definitely ask, Can you please show yourself in a different way? Not like the holes in your eyes. But she didn't seem scared, so maybe she did see him in a different way. Yeah, maybe maybe he showed himself differently to her. Yeah. Or maybe she was like a child. She's only two. You know, I'm trying to think of two-year-olds I know. They would not Um, like that. No. They're like, no. 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 Okay. This one is also... I don't know if I... If I was... Because the girlfriend is back in there and be like, remember when the last time I saw the eye thing? And then, like, my daughter sees the eye the, the thing. I bet, like, can we sleep in a different Can we right. cleanse this room? Can we do anything? Yeah. Okay. But maybe because it happens so infrequently. That's the thing. Time, they're probably like, oh, maybe it's done. I wonder, I wonder why it happened those times. I wonder why it happened to the girlfriend that one time. Yeah. And I wonder why it only chose the baby to show to. What do you mean? Like it only showed, like, because like when it was showing itself to the little girl, they were all in the same bedroom. Oh, she saw it. Right. Oh, yeah, that, that is interesting. Huh. Yeah. So they wonder why they's like, oh, only she can see it now, even though the other two of them had seen it previously, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's just my question on that. Yeah. So here's my next one. And my number three, it is titled My Sorority House Haunting. So this one, like 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 yours, has a sleepover involved, but there's also more stories evolved, involved with this sorority. This is the first time I'm sharing these experiences outside of my sorority sisters. For privacy reasons, I'm not going to share the name of the sorority. This is long due to the amount of experiences in this house. Please bear with me. I attend college in a small town that has a fairly colorful history. The student houses are very old, unkempt due to the lack of care from landlords. 
My sorority house lies in the old student houses and looks like a southern plantation home. White tall pillars and wraparound porch. This house has eight bedrooms, two kitchens, and two bathrooms, so it's fairly large home. I've never resided in the sorority house personally, but I have spent a great deal of time in that house and have heard countless stories of what I believe are paranormal happenings. My first time at the sorority house was when I was a new member of the sorority. I had no knowledge of paranormal happenings at this time. I had received a tour of the house, which included the bedrooms, common areas, guest room, and the attic. The second I stepped up into the second floor, I could feel a change in the atmosphere. The air seemed cold and eerie. My sorority sisters took me down a long and dark hallway, showing me a bedroom after bedroom until we finally reached the end of the hallway. At the end of the hallway was the guest bedroom. This room in particular felt super odd. Maybe it was the strange shape of the room or the fact the attic door was in that room. Continuing on the house tour, the sisters already asked me if I wanted to see the attic. I said yes, despite the warnings of it being really creepy and unsettling. I followed one of the sisters up to the dark steps, the dark stairs. The light switch was on the very top, so we used a flashlight to find our way up, which only added to the scary feeling of the attic. Once we got to the top and the light was switched on, I noticed that the walls were covered in a bunch of cardboard and had writing all over it. This attic was so strange, it felt like it didn't belong to the rest of the house, almost like I stepped into a completely different world. Eventually, the tour ended, but my strange feeling towards the guest room and attic didn't. The more and more time I spent at the sorority house, the deeper my paranormal experiences grew. There was one night I was alone in the house with, an, with one other sister. Everyone had left on summer vacation, but my sorority sister and I happened to be visiting the college town, so we decided to meet up for a while for a wine night at the sorority house. This is a sleepover. There we go. We were sitting on the kitchen table, which was right next to one of the staircases leading up to the second floor. We were just chatting, goofing around, and sipping on our cheap wine alone in the house at night when we heard a loud thud come from the second floor. We brushed it off, thinking maybe it was just the house settling. We continued to have a good time, and then we heard the thud again and the sound of something metal dragging across the floor above us. We sat and listened quietly for a bit. The dragging stopped, but the sound of footsteps on the creaky floor soon followed. The footsteps sounded like they were coming closer to the top of the staircase. I looked at my sorority sister dead in the eyes, and we both knew that we needed to get out of the kitchen away from the stairs. So we ran to the living room and sat on the couch staring into the kitchen. Some time had passed since the noises started. And, sorry, since the noises had stopped, so we decided to investigate. We walked up the stairs and investigated the bedrooms and bathrooms. There was no sign of a disturbance until we went to the second floor kitchen. On the floor were two metal baking sheets that looked like they had fallen out of the cupboard. The cupboard door was open, and one baking sheet was found all the way across the kitchen floor, and the other was found underneath the kitchen table. We picked up the baking sheets, closed the cupboard, and got the hell out of the sorority house for the night because we were so freaked out. Next, my sorority decided to do a giant sleepover at the house 
for a bonding experience. After playing games and watching movies, we decided to turn in for the night, roughly at 2 a.m. The only beds that were left open were the, tw- were the two twin beds in the dreaded guest room. Everyone hated sleeping in the guest room because it felt so creepy in there. But I was so tired, I didn't care where I slept at this point. As I was falling asleep, I could feel someone gently pulling on the blanket from the end of the bed. Thinking it was a prank, I switched on the bedside lamp to see who was pulling the blanket to see that no one was there. I brushed it off as being tired and tried to fall back asleep, but an hour should pass when I woke up to the sounds of footsteps on the creaky floorboard steps to the attic and my blanket was completely off the bed. The footsteps were really loud, almost like stomping. I sat up and stared at the door where the doorknob to the attic started moving on its own and the door started shaking. There's a chain. How did I sleep, baby? Sorry. Megan's background's now my cat. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, sorry, there's a chain door guard on the door, so it would be hard for someone to be on the inside of the attic with the guard still in place. So it's like the door of the attic was shaking, but there was okay. the lock was on the outside, closed. It felt like an eternity before I felt comfortable enough to leave the bed to sleep somewhere else. The next morning, I was telling some of the sisters about the attic door and someone had shared with me that they had an awful nightmare that night about a man trying to get them to come into the attic. Oh, God. She said the man in her dream felt evil. Another Ooh. one of my sisters mentioned that there was a journal that had a collection of paranormal stories that had happened since my sorority moved into the house since the late 90s. I had flipped through some of the stories and I can share a few of the stories. The Sparknote versions are here. So there's three little three little things. Four little things. Okay. Would you like me to read them to you? Sure. Okay. Number one. There was a story of two sorority sisters that were getting ready for a party in the downstairs living room. They had a mirror leaning against the wall so they could do their makeup and better lighting. In the reflection of the mirror, they saw a figure of a woman briskly move into the kitchen. They quickly got up to see who else was home, but they went to the kitchen and no one else was there. Like you and your thing. One time a sister was in the downstairs bathroom getting ready for bed during the summer when no one else was home. She heard a male and female voice have a muffled conversation above the room she was in. The walls are paper thin. She thought this was weird because you could not have any men over after 8 p.m. And she thought she was the only one home. Upon investigating, no one else was home. And no windows were open either. Like, like, oh, you heard a thing from outside. Mm-hmm. There are many stories in the journal of things disappearing in the house and reappearing in really weird places. The weirdest one was someone's hairbrush missing, only to be found on the attic stairs. Lights would turn on random, on and off randomly, and doors would open and close by themselves, the guest room being the most common. Lastly, sorority sisters were watching TV in the living room upstairs when they heard shuffling across the kitchen floor. A few of them It was bomb. What? It was mommy, it was yeah. A few of them went upstairs to chill around and find a source of the noise. And the kitchen chairs were rearranged, and almost all the cupboards and cupboards and drawers were open. Ooh, there are many more stories I could tell in this house. I just told the most notable ones, in my opinion. 
My sorority recently decided to move out of the house for unrelated reasons after roughly 25 years of residing here. Hopefully, our new home will be a little more quiet. Wow. Creepy. Yeah. At least they had all the other sisters in the house with them. But it, it seems like everything happened when it was when they were alone. No. So next up, I have a story about an actual sleepover. Whoa. This. My friend Jake slept over my house one night when we were 12. Because of that, he may have possibly saved my life. There was a snowy weekend night, and we watched a couple of Christmas movies in my living room. My mom would bring us snacks and hot cocoa, and she was always really nice to my friends when I had them over. My mom had to go to sleep kind of early because she worked. She and my dad had just recently divorced. Around 12, Jake and I went to my room where we played Pokemon on our Game Boy Advances for a little while. I don't remember much after that, besides falling asleep. A little while later, I woke up in my bed to the room being extremely cold. I was feeling thirsty, so I went to the kitchen downstairs to get a cup of water. I noticed how much colder it had become upstairs as opposed to downstairs. I went back to my bed and tucked myself in as I lay there trying to fall back asleep. I realized Jake was breathing weird, like a deep, heavier breathing. It went on for some time, and after making a note of it in my head, it was all I could focus on. I get it. So I <laughs> Who's that? Oh, God, that would drive me crazy. So I eventually threw a pillow at him. As he woke up, I told him, stop breathing so loud. He was so confused as he looked up at me in my bed. He said, what are you talking about? I told him to just lower the volume of his breathing noises as he was borderline snoring. Jake shifted his focus to me, from me, to down below my bed. And then he screamed. He crawled backwards until he, his back was pushing up against my dresser. And I yelled, what is it? I hopped off my bed and looked under where he was staring. And there was a middle-aged man with long hair laying underneath my bed. And he had his finger up to his lips. Saying, it was a surreal sight to say the least. I felt my heart was beating 200 beats per minute. The man whispered, I know your mom. I'm here to see her. He started crawling out from under the bed. Crawling. No! Right? At the same moment, Jake and I ran from the room screaming for my mom. We got to my mom's room and locked her bedroom door behind us. She was immediately distressed and confused by our screams. I barely had enough time to yell, there's a man under my bed, before the doorknob to my mom's room started twisting and shaking. Then the sound of the doorknob, failing to turn, shifted into a heavy, aggressive bang at the door. My mom ran to her phone to call 911 in tears, while also screaming for the man on the other side of the door to leave us alone. The man tried kicking the door in, but I think we had heard, but I think when he heard my mom on the phone, he left the house. We were all in shock. It took the police only a couple minutes to arrive. 
at which point the coast was clear. The biggest window in our house, which was the window to the upstairs spare bedroom, was lifted completely, which explains the cool air entering the house upstairs. It had also explained the man's point of entry. I told my mom the man claimed he knew her, but she had no idea who this man could have been. My mom dropped Jake off at his home, and then she and I slept at my aunt's and uncle's house for the rest of the night. The next day, my uncle installed the sh some stronger locks on the upstairs window. This was like 16 years ago now. At this point, it's just a distant haunted memory, haunting memory that we never figured out who the man could have been or how he could have possibly known my mother. That is terrifying. Why that? Like, it's like, can you imagine someone oh, under no. your bed? Not at all. Man? Not at all. And then he died. No. No. And then he crawled through the window. And right? Like, in there. That would be just so scary. And it comes, for me, it makes me think, what would I do? Would I, like, in your mind, you think you're going to do all of these crazy things. Like, oh, I'd I grab the whatever on the side of my bed and whack him in yeah. there. Oh, I'd run out of the room. I... I would be afraid that I would just freeze. Yeah, they would. They have like they say fight or flight, but it's like fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Fawn. Yeah, I'd freeze. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll just go into like depends on. I think it depends on how tired I was. Like it, not how tired, but like how awake I was. Like what my faculties were. Mm-hmm how that worked but i don't know if i would look under the bed um well you wouldn't have a choice if the person you were with was like well uh, like, oh, yeah that's right but i'm saying like good for the friend that looked under the bed who's like i if i was said friends i don't think my brain would be like look under the bed do that I don't think it's even a choice in my brain to look under. No, yeah, you're right. I would just be like, run. Which might be even scarier, to be honest. I see your face doing it. You're like this. Like your wide eyes and like your your head is like pushed into the pillow type thing. That is funny. Oh, okay. That was a good one. And by good, I mean traumatizing. That's one thing I like about like the apartment aspect is there's no way someone's coming through this window. We're, no. like, we're off the ground. And then there's only one door. So. Yeah. It definitely pro provides like an extra layer of comfort. Right. It's like, okay, there's no, there's no way there's someone under anything here. The only thing you could possibly get are ghosts. Yes. And so far we haven't gotten any ghosts. We do have like warding salt and stuff like that. And like we do things, but. Yeah, no, nothing paranormal, knock on wood, has happened thus far in our two years. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Okay, you ready? Yeah. My sister and I had a sleepover with her, with her friend this weekend. They were both down in the basement because of the rec room we have down there. It's a pretty cozy room with an old Xbox, an easel for painting, and some old armchairs and comics. My sister and her friend often play around there by themselves painting. 
playing Minecraft, usual 13-year-old stuff. We were used to them being alone down there, and our basement isn't as isn't seen as creepy or unsettling in any way. So it seems like a finished basement. So not like, you know. Yeah. On Friday night, however, our evening got interrupted by the girls scrambling up the stairs, shrieking like a couple of bats out of hell. There's something in the basement, my sister screamed. We figured they'd gotten spooked by a spider or something like that. So my parents went down to check. The basement was found empty. The girls were asked what all the fuss was about. And they told my parents the door handles the basement started rattling so hard, the entire door started shaking. I later asked my sister what all the yelling was about. She showed me what had happened. It was like someone was trying to rip the door off, she said, while grabbing the door handle and yanking on it like someone trapped. It couldn't have been a draft as the bathroom isn't connected to any of the outside walls, nor does it have any windows. The girls were laughing and giggling like crazy from the excitement of getting spooked like that. And we were left being a little weirded out. I'm sorry. And we laughed at being a little weird, but harmless occurrence. It did, however, remind me of something that I remember happening to me as a kid in the same basement. I must have been eight or I'm sorry. I must have been maybe eight years old because I had gotten my own key and was allowed to walk home on my own. I knew my parents were at work, so I unlocked the door and stepped inside. As I did, I looked at the basement door. The door has since been removed now. And as I stepped inside, I saw the door handle start to rattle and the door opening. I got so scared, I bolted out the house straight over to my friend's house, bawling my eyes out the entire way. Once my parents came home and I told them what happened, they explained what a cross draft was and how that's most likely what caused the door to open. I believed it back then, but after this weekend, I'm not so certain. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Creepy. I don't know if I'd be able to sleep back in there or play down if the door was rattling. Yeah. I don't... I wouldn't be able to. Like, oh, what's done? Basement's off limits now. <laughs> because it's not something that you can just, like, tune out. Yeah. You know? Oh, ignore the basement. It's just John. He likes to yeah. fuck around. yeah okay the next and last one that i have is a short one i was standing outside on my friend's veranda chatting with her while she smoked a cigarette me she ripped out my best veranda my sweet untouched veranda sorry oh i like that she lived in the back country where nothing much of anything cares to bother you i had a creeping feeling for a moment like someone was watching me but I shrugged it off and listened to her chatter about what her son and daughter had done at school that day. I was spending the weekend with her and her family, helping them pack up to move states away. Suddenly, she dropped the cigarette. She didn't throw it down. No, she froze for a moment, and it fell from her fingers to the ground a story below. Do you smell that? She whispered. I was like, no, I don't smell anything. (laughs) It smells like eggs. Like rotten eggs, like sulfur burning. Without another word, she turned and rushed inside. She made sure every she made sure to bar every window and door, and I swear every light in the house was on. Hold on, I'm not much for superstition, and I don't put much credence in stories of the supernatural. 
but she was visibly shaken. I helped her put her children to bed, and we sat down to watch a movie. Maybe 30 minutes in, her daughter, who had a disorder that required strong sleep medication in order to sleep through the night, appeared suddenly at the top of the stairs. She was in a sort of waking sleep, I suppose, but she looked at us with moon-like eyes. But she looked at us with moon-like eyes for a few moments. Not a word spoken, just that empty stare. Then suddenly she whispered, Mommy, I'm scared. In this hushed, quaking sort of whisper, a split second later, she was screaming at the top of her lungs, mm. and all the lights on the top and bottom of the staircase blew. My friend ran to her daughter, comforting her, and whisked her off to bed. Later that night, her son woke her up in a panic, whispering, Mommy, Mommy, he won't leave me alone. Who, baby? The man, who, baby? The man downstairs. The urgency in his voice was palpable. We jumped up and immediately checked all the doors and windows, but everything was locked. Twice that night, he woke up, whispering, terrified, about the man downstairs that wouldn't leave him alone. I don't think I slept that night. I listened to every creak and groan in that house as if it were a voice, and I jumped at every sound. I never slept there again. No, same real same. Right. What's your story? Your next story, Dana. I'm trying to think of what I would do if I had like a friend with a child. The the light thing reminded me of Monsters Inc. I'm trying to remember. The kid screams power. Yes. So that 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 was I was like ha ha ha. And then I was like, ha ha ha. No, that's not a movie. It's something scary. So funny. So this one is why, this is my last one, and this one is why they couldn't have sleepovers. So I feel like I followed Megan's thing, and I went to the, it said sleepovers, but it's not. (laughs) So this could turn out. Welcome to the dark side. So this could turn out to be a long post. I'm 18 now, but from the ages of 3 to 11, My family and I lived in a large four-bedroom Victorian house. It wasn't really the location you would expect a quote-unquote haunted house to be in. We were right next to a busy street and a row of other houses, but they were all very old. The house had three floors, as the attic had been converted into two bedrooms and a large walk-in storage cupboard that separated the two rooms. I lived with my three older half-siblings, and so it was very common for us to swap rooms every few months i'd slept in every room my parent i'd slept in every room my parents room quite often as i was afraid of the night even more on that later the large room opposite theirs and the two attic rooms each one seemed to have its own different types of horrors for for the first few years i was too terrified to sleep on my own as a kid i barely slept and when i did i suffered from terrible nightmares so i'd sleep in a camp bed in their room that was their that was where I had my first encounter with sleep paralysis. I couldn't have been older than six, but I still remember it vividly. A small boy with a paper bag over his head seemed to emerge seemingly from the wall next to my mother's side of the bed and slowly but surely was walking around their bed towards me. I remember looking to my side and there was what I could only describe 
as a tall black stick figure, like one of those drawings, who was looking ab- who was looking above me. I couldn't move. I was sweating profusely, but I knew I was awake. The next thing I knew, he was crouching down to me, and the boy had reached the foot of my bed. It was that moment I managed to let out a scream. I've never had anything as vivid as that again, but I'll, I'll never forget it. When I was seven or eight, I started wanting to have my own room. I did a lot of reading to distract myself from the fear and often would stay up in the early hours reading. Same girl, same. Too terrified to sleep. Waking up in the morning with my book still in my arms. I was given one of the attic rooms, but that point, I'm sorry, by that point, my older sister had the room opposite of mine, but she had gone off to university, and so I was alone up there. I would have never dared to sleep with the light on, and to be honest, old habits never die, as even now as I still sleep with the lights on, unless I'm with my boyfriend. Most nights would be me reading as long as I could until I just had to close my eyes. It was then the voices would start up, like there was a couple arguing in the hall. On some of the worst nights, I swear I could hear breathing coming from under my bed. It came to the point where I was so scared I had to have my dog and cat sleep in my room with me. They couldn't settle. My dog would just keep crying, and my cat was constantly spooked. They hated being in there, so I had no choice but to remain alone. The night terrors continued. I'd wake up and just couldn't stand to be in the room anymore, so I'd creep down to the second floor and sleep outside my parents' door. I don't know how I managed to function. Most times I couldn't have sleepovers as my friends would complain about being scared and hearing things. My siblings had similar experiences. When my sister had her friend over, often her friend would recount waking up in the night and my sister was sitting up in bed, still asleep, but talking to the dark corner. Oh, God. My brother would have his covers pulled off of him in the night and my other sister recalled her toes being pinched while sleeping. Everyone had their own experiences in that house, even the non-believers. My dad recounted being locked out from the outside of the house when he went out to the garden, even though he was the only one home, seeing a dark shadow glide to the door as he struggled to open it. Times I would be sitting outside my parents' room at three in the morning, and I would hear the cutlery drawer open downstairs, being shaken, the TV being turned on for a split second, and then off even though everyone was asleep. I couldn't do anything in that house without feeling I was being watched. If I was in the house alone, I'd stay out in the garden the whole time. Even then, I felt un- extremely uneasy. I would sit on my trampoline and feel like a pair of eyes were watching from the living room window that looked out to the garden. Our elderly neighbor told my father the backstory of our house when my dad would sometimes recount the strange occurrences going on there. He told us years before we moved in, there used to there lived a very reclusive middle-aged woman known to be very cold and unwelcoming. She didn't leave often, no, only to go to work as a gym teacher. She was known to be sadistic and cruel to the children she taught. She mentioned something extremely, I'm sorry, he mentioned something extremely chilling, though, which was that she had confided in him once that she lived in fear of the house. She refused to go to the attic as it terrified her. She died several years before he moved in. 
one of the most chilling things was that once she passed, the house was completely renovated. The attics turned into rooms, as I mentioned. The flower beds Mrs. Evans had put so much pride in torn up. Everything changed. The work was mostly done by one man who had been hired to do so by the local council who inherited the house as Mrs. Evans, the old, the, the previous lady, mm-hmm. had no family to speak of. Just days after he finished up the renovations, his daughter died in a freak lightning accident. I personally have no idea if it's tied. It's terribly unfortunate either way, but the neighbors seemed to think that whatever was in the house certainly did not take kindly to it being changed and decided to take revenge. That is just hearsay, mind you, but it's chilling nevertheless. I do believe that several entities in that same house, including possibly Mrs. Evans herself, but the strongest reside in the attic. I felt things up there and have since never encountered that again. A genuine feeling of something evil, something that wants to hurt you. I can't even recall how many times people were seemingly put when going down the stairs from the attic. Or remember my cat, who was usually the most lovely boy, was near those stairs. He would viciously attack you with no explanation for his outburst. The whole house had its moments. It was a constant state of darkness and bitter cold. But the attic, I don't even have, descri- I don't even have words to describe what that was. We finally moved when I was 11, and, by, and, it, and, and as if by magic, the, nightmare, the nightmares disappeared. I could finally sleep easy. We've moved several times since then, and I've never encountered a house like that before. Honestly, I haven't had any paranormal experience I can think of since being in that house, but that's fine with me. It was enough for a lifetime. I do think it will always be with me, though. Sometimes I'll have the most vivid dreams that I'm back there. And I'm so glad to be there, almost as if it's calling me back. I have so many stories of creepy things happening. So much of this post would be several pages long. But I think this is more of enough to make me feel spooked for crowning it all. It reminds me of Haunting at Hill House with the yes, kitchen. Yes, yes. Time to come home when the lights flash. Right. So yeah, that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you, birthday girl. Thank you, birthday girl sister. <laughs> so yeah, thank you all for listening for my 33rd birthday. I would love if you rate and reviewed wherever you listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me. And what she wants. What? Give, give, give the girl what she wants. She deserves some good things after this poo-poo year. But you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We're never on Twitter, but we're there at <laughs> Scary Sisters Pod. And you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or scary stories of your own. Our email is scarysisterspod at gmail.com. And I think that's it for this week. Until then, next week, everyone, stay safe and stay spooky. Megan? Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.